Hi, this is Nora, otherwise known as Molly Holland, two-time WWE Women's Champion, and you're listening to another wrestling podcast. It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. They got the answers. I change the questions. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. These are the best in the world, brother. These are the best in what they do. When we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. Another wrestling podcast. Another wrestling podcast. Now can you dig that sucker? <laughs> Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to another wrestling podcast. This is episode 76. I'm Steve Credo. And I'm Jonathan Benjamin. Jonathan, uh, what a loaded show we have for the fans today. We have, uh, what, who do we have? We have none other than former women's champion. Uh, she was also a hardcore champion. None other than former WWE diva Molly Holly. Wow. Uh, can't wait to talk to her, guys. So stick around. She'll be joining us in the AWP studio uh, very shortly. Uh, guys, if it's the first time you're listening to us, head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. Uh, check out our links. Like, follow, subscribe, and all that fun stuff. But, uh, Jonathan, uh, what, what, what are we going to talk about, man? Well, I think that right now, none other than women's wrestling is... Uh, the hot button issue that's what's the spotlight is brightly shining on it in the wrestling world so i figured we've we've touched on certain things about women's wrestling but let's talk about this this new divas revolution that's going on in professional wrestling right now all right so uh a revolution uh how, how did this all come about jonathan because i mean uh, a few months ago, people were taking uh, bathroom breaks during these uh, Divas matches, and that's what that's what people were saying online. That's what the kids were saying. Uh, but now we're having a revolution, and uh, what we just witnessed uh, the past few weeks, past few months, have been some incredible uh, women's matches in the WWE. And I, I don't think I can even say Divas anymore because they've been women's matches pretty much. They've been, uh, I don't know, I don't really like that term Divas, but what, what do you think? Well, uh, I think that this all kind of sprouted from the, and it was really kind of an organic grassroots movement, uh, and I'll give a lot of credit to the people down at uh, NXT uh, and and on the indies. Right now, independent wrestling, as we have said, is really, really hot, and they're the women that are wrestling on the independents are some of the best wrestlers, the toughest wrestlers that are going. You know, they're they're facing men, they're facing women, they're putting on great matches. But I think this Divas Revolution came about from the fans and they started the whole hashtag give divas a chance movement. Um, and ultimately you started to see a lot of women who had been busting their butts for a long time down in NXT uh, start to get you know, uh, more of a crowd behind them, and they started putting on these these good matches, and the rumbling started. Fans would tell people you would watch the matches, and now we're at this awesome, you know, era that we're there that we're in right now with some of these amazing matches that we're getting to see. Yeah, Jonathan, and uh, just last uh, two months ago, now uh, you know NXT uh, in Brooklyn. 
that would probably be the first match I've seen. Sasha Banks and Bailey. That was probably the first women's match I've seen on WWE television that was like, I can't believe I'm watching a women's match right now or a Divas match or whatever you want to see. But it was pretty much, it's NXT women's. But uh, you know what I mean? Like the stuff they pulled out, like I've just never seen it happen on WWE TV. Granted, it's NXT. Granted, it's, you know, they're doing something a little bit different down there. But uh, I mean, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, Jonathan. It was probably, uh, probably one of the best matches of the year, at least for the women. It could be overall for, for men and women together for WWE. I don't know. Uh, that was uh, one heck of a match. Right. Yeah. And you know what? That just goes to show you that, you know, people that used to say they went to the bathroom during women's matches or whatever, that the general wrestling fan, I think, really does want to see women's matches, good women's wrestling. And, you know, we were brought up in a weird time because when we were younger, there wasn't a big as as big of a focus on women's wrestling. And then. They were really trying to reach that 18 to 35 demographic right when we were 18 to 35. And that was when you got to see a lot of the bra and paintings matches and all that stuff. But now, as wrestling's always constantly evolving, people now are more on board with women's wrestling. And I think that we've got a great crop of people, whether it be Paige, Charlotte, you know, you mentioned Sasha Banks and Bailey, Becky Lynch. Uh, a lot of these women uh, have something to prove, and I think what's great is that a lot of them are on the main roster now, and it kind of shows right away that they're not going to allow somebody who may not be great to hold them down. They're going to keep trying to get better and better and better, and um, I, I like the fact that Paige already broke away from Charlotte and Becky because I don't think they needed uh, you know, that group, but... You know, yeah. we st- we still have the other two groups that are going right now. Yeah, I'm sure they'll f- they'll figure out a way to break them up. But yeah, definitely, if you're gonna have this revolution, you definitely need a division now. And you know, uh, it, I, three man tags is the cool thing to do. And I think they kind of need to step away from everybody doing that. So hopefully, they break up a little bit and start to get their uh, divas revolution uh, boots in motion. So hopefully, we'll see what happens. But Jonathan, you forgot. My uh, my sweetheart Natalia, uh, who's kind of you know put on the back burner when Tyson Kidd was hurt, but you know she's been brought back into the front light, and not, unfortunately, well not it's not unfortunate, but she's pretty much the elder of all the girls now. She's not even that old, you know. She's like in her early thirties, but you know she's still technically the vet now out of all these girls in a way, and you know she is an incredible wrestler. I've seen her do stuff that she's not even allowed to do on TV, and I'm like, how come she can't... You know, it's like they take off the leash from her and let her be who she is, and I'm hoping they let Natalia do what she does best, and, you know, a lot of these girls are going to learn from her. She's going to learn a lot from the younger girls, too, so it's a nice mix of what's happening right now. So uh, I, I really can't see... I really can't wait to see... What uh, Natalia is going to be doing with uh, this whole Divas Revolution? Because you know, out of all these girls that we mentioned, you know, like I just said too, she is you know that vet, uh, that veteran in the locker room. So uh, I don't know. I think she will definitely add to this whole revolution because you know, like she has that experience under her belt. She she definitely has a lot of stuff she hasn't even shown us. So I'm hoping you know they 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 what's the word you know. Just open up a little bit more for the divas for for us on TV, especially Raw and the pay per views and SmackDown and stuff. Because I mean, what what Triple H has done with him in NXT, like man, 
can't that just transition over to the main to the main roster and the main show? Do you how long do you think that's going to take? I mean, I know it's a, it's right now it's a slow transition, but I mean, uh, do, is is Triple H not being able to I don't know have full control holding that revolution back a little bit? I think that maybe this is why there's a revolution at all. Also, is that Triple H? You see how integral he is with these with these women's matches. So. Um, I think that he wants to see women's wrestling excel because really it doubles his profit margin if you think about it. If he's only been catering, if Vince and Triple H and everybody's really only been catering to a male-driven audience for so long, now you're really trying to get these women's matches going. You have pretty much are trying to ensure that you know, you're now also going for that 18 to 35-year-old women demographic as, as well. So... I, I think that, uh, that at least Triple H is really trying to make this happen and make this work and, you know, that hopefully we're going to see nothing but really good things in the near future. All right, yeah, definitely. And then Jonathan too, we, we you know, we witnessed that match in Brooklyn, but we also just recently witnessed NXT Respect where it was the first, uh, well, Iron Woman or Iron Man match or what do you think about that? It was, uh, I don't know, did it live up to the hype of the first match? Or what was your opinion? Uh, you know, it's it's a weird thing. Um, I'll preface it, like I said, by saying that it was an amazing match. But you know whenever you start listening to a band and all of a sudden, uh, you, you know, you tell a few of your friends about it and you're like, man, this, this band's amazing. And then they blow up and everybody likes them. And I feel like that's what's happening with these women's matches. They put on a great match at at Brooklyn, it was amazing, and NXT is really still in its infancy, really. But everybody, before they even saw the match uh, at NXT Respect, was saying, this is going to be the best thing ever, uh, yada, yada, yada. And did it live up to the, to the hype? It did, but I don't think it was any better than the, the Brooklyn match. Um, and the, the other thing that, you know, we'll get into this a little bit later as well, but something that really kind of irked me is they're talking about this Divas Revolution, Divas Revolution, and you, and you made some, you know, you said something that really resonates with me. It was still billed as an Iron Man match. Now, I get that the term Iron Man uh, insinuates that it's a very tough person or whatever, but if you're talking about a Divas Revolution, if you're talking about great women's wrestling, why did they choose not to say that it would be a Iron Woman match? I just that to me that it's kind of counterproductive, really. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I hear you on that one, uh, but Jonathan, I mean, you, you made some good points. Uh, if you guys are listening, gals are out there listening, uh, let us know what you thought. You know, uh, tweet us. Follow us at A Wrestling POD. That's A Wrestling Pod. But that's what we pretty much want you guys involved in uh, letting us know. But Jonathan, uh, she's stepping into the studio as we speak. Uh, right now, joining us is the lovely Molly Holly. All right, we are super excited for the show today. Joining us is a multi-time WWE Women's Champion, an inspiration to many, above all else, a wonderful human being. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Nora Molly Holly Greenwald. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing really good. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Now, uh, you've obviously been up to a lot since you hung up the wrestling boots, but uh, what have you been up to most recently? Um, well, actually, since I retired, I've still been working at the same place, um, Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. It's a Christ-centered drug and alcohol addiction recovery center. Now, uh, that seems like quite a, a career change. Um, do any of your your kids that you work with remember you from your wrestling days? Um, occasionally, someone will say that they remember me, or they'll say that they played my character on the video game. I've been on a couple of different video <laughs> games, so that's kind of fun when they say, "Oh yeah, I used to play you on the game." You know. Well, we are another wrestling podcast, so it's only fair that we talk some wrestling with you uh, while you're here. You were most recently on an episode of Table for Three featuring WWE Hall of Famer Medusa and WWE's own Ivory. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how this uh, interview came about? Yeah, so when Macho Man Randy Savage got in, um, inducted into the Hall of Fame, um, they invited me to be in the audience um, because I was part of his entourage at one time along with Medusa. And so I was already out in California for WrestleMania, and they asked me if I wanted to do... Um, at the hotel and the restaurant there do uh, something called Table for Three, and I didn't know much about it. I don't even think it had aired yet, but it was a show in the works, and so they said, oh, you just sit down with Medusa and Ivory and just talk about wrestling, and you get served a gourmet meal. I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty good to me, so that's that's how it happened. So, so tell me a little bit about this, though, because uh, what we saw on TV was probably about, I don't know, about a half hour or so. Uh, how long did you guys actually sit there and talk uh, talk for? We filmed for three hours. My food was cold. It's like I wanted to eat. They set this amazing dish in front of me, and I was so hungry, and I really wanted to eat it, but I didn't want to have food in my teeth <laughs> or really be filmed eating. You know, like, that's not... I mean, I'm sure they would have edited it out. But anyway, I just want to get food in my teeth and be eating while I'm supposed to be on this you know, doing this interview stuff. And so my food was cold. It took three hours. Uh, there was actually one story or joke or whatever that Ivory was telling about me, and it was super embarrassing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hope they don't put that on the show. And so sure enough, they edited it out. <laughs> so part of me is like, I'm glad they edited, edited out things, but there were a lot of stories and things that were not on the actual show. And who knows, maybe they'll have the extras of the outtakes in some other show. Um, but yeah, it was really fun to be able to connect with um, Medusa. And of course, Ivory was one of my best friends in, in wrestling. So it was really fun. Well, well, that's why you're here because we're going to talk about that embarrassing story. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of the WWE Hall of Fame, you're obviously a multi-time world champion. You've spent many years in the squared circle, and we think that you no doubt had a Hall of Fame-worthy career. Um, do you think that you belong in the Hall of Fame, or what are your thoughts on the Hall of Fame? Um, well, there are a lot of people I would like to see before me get into the Hall of Fame if I ever were to. I've always kind of viewed myself as, like, glorified enhancement talent, like someone they give the title to, to help put over, like, the real star, you know, like, to, to have some kind of a feud. So I don't really see myself as being a future Hall of Famer. Um, of course, if they asked me to, I'd be honored, and, you know, I wouldn't turn it down. But um, but there's some other ladies that should definitely be in there long before I am. 
Well, let's back up for a second. Uh, you are from Minnesota. Minnesota has produced so many amazing wrestlers over the years. Uh, who's your favorite wrestler from Minnesota, and where do you think you rank among the likes of Kurt Henning, Rick Rude, Ole Anderson, you know, etc.? Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not anywhere near the talent of Rick Rude and Kurt Henning. I mean, those guys were icons of the 80s, and they, they really were something special that I could never, ever live up to. I mean, um, but I guess those really are two of my favorites. My first, when I was 10 years old, I got to meet um, Hawk and Animal, and um, that was a really big deal for me as a 10-year-old to get their autograph and um, meet them in person. So as a kid, I would say that that the, the Road Warriors were probably, like, people I would want to aspire to be like. As we were talking about Table for Three, it was kind of brought up during that interview that you were brought into wrestling in sort of an old-school way. Uh, you spent lots of time on the independent scene before making it to the big time. With that being said, how important was independent wrestling to you then? Well, for me, it was really fun to to break into wrestling on the indies. Um, I mean, I got to do a lot of things on the independents that I never really was able to do on television, um, for one it was very normal for me on the indies to have mixed tags with, I guess the correct, politically correct term would be little people, but we called it midget wrestling, you know, so those only did like lots of comedy and a lot of audience interaction. And, um, it was just, and also you had to do a lot of improvising, you know, a lot of times on the indies, um, things just do not go as planned. And sometimes the ring breaks and you have to make a routine that works just fine for, a gymnasium floor or, you know, whatever type of things were challenging, but also really fun um, to just kind of have a more, more interaction with the fans and then to do um, more improv. And how important do you think, uh, you know, independent wrestling is today in creating the future of uh, the wrestling business? Well, that's a great question because I know that a lot of people um, would like for me to say that, the Indies is really important to you know make a good future for wrestling, but I really do believe that as long as somebody has charisma and talent and showmanship and they can draw money, that's great. They don't need to be on the Indies. I worked with uh, Christy Hemi, and she just came from the dance and modeling world, and she was awesome to work with. And I thought she did a great job on the TV show. And so, um, although I think Indies is a really great experience, uh, my guess is in the future of wrestling. Um, the majority of wrestlers may end up doing indies after their uh, television career, not so much before. Now, women's wrestling today is just as competitive as it was when you were in the squared circle. Um, with the current Divas Revolution going on, what's one piece of advice that you would give to women that are currently in the business today? Um, well, first I want to say that the what I've seen lately of the girls is amazing. I mean, they all their outfits are perfect, their hair is perfect. They are doing tons of really risky, um, great maneuvers. I mean, I think they're ten times better than I ever was. But my main piece of advice would be, um, don't if you're hurt, um, instead of just popping a bunch of pain pills and continuing on, um, I would recommend taking a break or. <laughs> Um, asking to somehow get in the storyline where you're not as physically active because, um, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to continue on and excel in our careers. And um, I just think that I would advise the women not to jump on the pain pill bandwagon.
All right. Well, if you enjoyed listening to Molly Holly, we are going to get back into the discussion right now. We're going to give her a little bit of a break, but then we're going to come back to her here in just a little bit. Steve, this is something that we've seen progress over the past months, and I wanted to have your opinion on it. Um, Nikki Bella is now your longest reigning Divas champion of all time. That record just a couple of months ago was held by none other than AJ Lee. So we know how AJ left. Uh, it wasn't the the on the best of terms, and it has something to do with her husband, CM Punk. But do you think this was done as kind of a, a jab at AJ Lee, or do you think that they really believe that much in Nikki Bella? Man, like nothing against her, um, but <clears throat> it's. I think it's definitely something because they, they kind of left, you know, not in the greatest of terms. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, they made her a star, AJ Lee. They, you know, she would have been a huge star for the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 years of her life or whatever, you know, and she just left on a whim because her, her boyfriend left and her, her husband, her fiance, whatever. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, I think deep down in me, I think it was just like, well, fine, you do that, then we don't need you a part of our history anymore, so screw you. Uh, you put it on Nikki. Uh, unfortunately, when you put all these divas in a line and say, you know, who's the best, man, I don't know. I, th- I think Nikki's at the end of that line as far as wrestling goes. Uh, great entertainer, you know. She got the twin thing going with her sister, even though they don't look really like twins anymore. But, yeah, you know, she's definitely in a good place of politics from uh, her mom dating John Laurinaitis, her boyfriend, uh is John Cena. Um, I Some people want to say that has nothing to do with it, but come on. It, come on. So, you know, it, it, jab, yes. I think, you know, it was just one of those things that they just want to erase that little bit of history so that they can say the longest reigning diva champion of all time right now is Nikki Bella and not AJ Lee all the time. AJ Lee this, AJ Lee that. They can say Nikki Bella. Uh, hopefully that changes in a little bit um, because I would not like for that record to be held for years or down the road. So, But, you know, I don't know. I, at the end of the day, it was definitely a jab. Well, you know, the, the thing that I see the most that's happening right now is they, they did move it off of her. They gave it to Charlotte. Well, they didn't give it to Charlotte, but Charlotte earned it. And so it's a fresh face that's coming in there. And um, I like this because really you're getting a lot of first time matches. Uh, you're gonna get, you're gonna probably get Charlotte and Alicia Fox. You're gonna get Charlotte and the Bellas. You're gonna get Charlotte and Naomi. You're gonna get Charlotte and Sasha. You're gonna get all these new matches. And obviously Charlotte is very athletic and can hold up her end of the bargain. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. I do think that, you know. AJ Lee was great. I don't necessarily know that it should have ended her, you know, longest reigning uh, championship should have been erased that way. But, you know, that's a different a different show entirely. But um, if you're listening to us right now and uh, you're driving to work or you are going to a wrestling event or wherever you're going and whatever you're doing, 
We aren't just a podcast. We are another wrestling podcast. But we also have our very own YouTube page where you can see all of us going to shows. Um, we interview wrestlers. We've, we've put old shows up. We've got a little bit of everything on there. And you even get YouTube exclusives, which are interviews specifically for YouTube that you won't hear any place else. So whenever you get home or whenever you're at the office and you've got you know some time, let's be honest, you're not really working all day. We, we know what you're doing at your cubicle. But uh, YouTube.com slash Another Wrestling Pod. They would not let us put the entire name on there. So it's YouTube.com slash Another wrestling pod and you know go on there comment on our our videos uh tell us what you want to see and subscribe because uh we're, we're doing this for you guys and uh we'd love to hear from you that's right uh, now jonathan uh riddle me this uh, will this level off at one point will the fans stop caring about women's wrestling again uh at least in the wwe because i mean we could talk about any other promotion till day's end but the cream of the crop WWE, um, you know, what, what's going to happen with this revolution? What is, what, in your mind, in your point of view, what do you think? I, I feel like that the idea behind it's amazing, and I really enjoy women's wrestling, but I feel like at this point that it is a, it, it's a fad in the, the wheel of professional wrestling. I think that, you know, something bigger and better is going to come along um, unfortunately, you see a lot of these things happen. You see all these people pushing, like, say, Adam Rose. Uh, I know we're talking about women, but think about Adam Rose. When he was in NXT, that NXT crowd loved him. He was going around, partying, blah, blah, blah. He gets brought up to the main roster. What happens? No one cares. And immediately they start chanting Leo, you know, Leo Kruger at him. They start, you know, they, they basically send the poor guy back down to NXT because they don't they don't like him anymore. So, so you're just saying it's pretty much like the flavor of the week or something. So as soon as we find something else better to talk about, we're going to kind of forget about him? I I unfortunately think that that's really what's going to happen. I think that you know, you've got Paige which everybody loved and you know, now people are kind of even sour on Paige. And what are they doing? You've got matches that could still be very good. You've got people like um, you know, Nikki Bella going against Paige, and what are they doing? They're chanting, we want Sasha, we want Sasha. Well, they're going to get Sasha, and then what are they going to say? We want Bailey, we want Bailey. Bailey's going to come up, and then it's going to be, we want Eva Marie. No, no I'm just no. kidding. Please, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. No one's going to say that. But you get, you get the idea. I feel like that women's wrestling is better than it's ever been, and I think that even if it falls off a little bit, it's still going to be better than... Uh, but I don't, I don't see us still talking about the Divas Revolution in 2016. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm kind of curious to what you know the end game will be. I think the biggest problem with all this is that you know you have you have Raw, right? And you kind of you have three hours. It's plenty of time to do stuff, and they kind of stretch certain things out, jam pack it with other little things that don't give it enough time. And whatnot. I mean, you have you have you have Raw, you have SmackDown, you have is main event a thing still? And Superstars, that's just still online, right? You have yeah. all, you have all these shows. 
why not give each show its own thing? Like, where Raw could be anything and everything, maybe, if you want to put it that way. But then SmackDown focused only on the Divas, only on tag teams. Uh, you know, make, uh, you know, main event only the IC Championship or only the US Champion or something. You know what I mean? To where you have all these shows, use them to your benefit, make each show, you know, each SmackDown, we're only going to see the IC Championship and the United States Championship defended on it. You know, Raw will only be the Heavyweight Championship and the, the tag titles. Or you know, like, uh, I don't know. I, I, they, I, think, I think it's just a mathematical problem that they need to work out to where you know, spreading the love and spreading it across all these shows that they have instead of trying to jam-pack it to where it's like, oh, okay, we only have five minutes for the Divas and then we make, you know, SmackDown, the recap of Raw, then you only have two new things. I mean, I don't know. I think I think they just need a new system of showcasing each of the championships or divisions or, or whatnot to where, you know, at a, at a certain point, they're going to get to a, a place to where, you know, the Divas, the Divas division, you know, it's like, oh, we don't have time for you anymore because we don't know where, when to use you or where to use you, and you're not using it consistently on this show and not consistently over here, and I don't know. I hope I hope it doesn't fall apart. I hope we see women's wrestling, at least the deep... I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to ya- yammer on about this anymore. I don't even know if that's a word, but uh, I, what I would love to see, Jonathan, by the end of the year, or at least soon, is the word diva and diva's championship to go away. I want them to do a, a Medusa and bring in the women's NXT championship, have the women's NXT champion beat the Divas champion, and then literally just throw the Divas championship in the garbage and then make it the women's championship to where you can have the women's championship all across NXT, on Raw, on whatever show, you know what I mean? To where, I don't know. That's I don't know. That's just me wishful thinking. I'm sorry. I know I'm just keep going on now, but... Anyway. No, I I think it's I think it's a good idea. Um, I know I, I know. Well, I know, I'm going to cut you off because I, one thing, one last thing is that I know Vince came up with the diva term, and you know that's his name. He doesn't want to call it. You know, he likes owning his own names and stuff like that. So you know, like there's knockouts in TNA, divas in WWE. You know, and now you have women's in NXT, but. I don't know. I think you just got to get rid of the name and, you know, when Total Divas goes off air, maybe we'll get the Women's Championship and just call it Women's Wrestling again. I don't know. Well, you played right into my hand there. Um, My thought is, too, is Total Divas itself I don't think is doing anybody any favors because you're not seeing these women as how hard they're working to become uh, wrestlers and be on top and all that stuff. All you're seeing is basically a scripted reality show that doesn't always show them in the best light and i think that that's also something that is hindering the the women it's getting them more publicity and if they want to be uh movie stars or or whatever but you know it i i think that a lot of people don't like like when you first watched the first season nobody liked eva marie and or jojo because of that show it had nothing to do with if they were good people or anything like that so i think that that show kind of puts out some uh maybe some weird ideas for people uh before they even know these these women so i i would be happy if the total diva show went away as well yeah well Speaking of women, we have the pleasure of uh, getting back to our interview with the lovely Molly Holly, uh, who's going to tell us a little bit more 
about herself and uh, her career. You were part of WrestleMania. Obviously, you're still kind of current with wrestling. Um, do you have any favorites uh, as far as the women go today? Well, gosh, it's hard to pick a favorite because I really think all of the girls, you know, like Paige and Maddie and the Bella Twins and Alicia Fox, and I mean, all those girls do such an amazing job. I mean, they really put on a great show. So I wouldn't say that I have one right now that stands out above the rest, but whenever they're working together, I think that they do a great job. All right, now, uh, it, it came out during your Table for Three interview that you actually pitched the idea for putting your hair on the line at WrestleMania 20. Uh, do you think that people in the wrestling business typically have that le- level of dedication that you did? Yes, I think that anybody who is a champion and who's told they're not going to be on WrestleMania would do something like that to get on the show. I mean, I'm, I mean if you look at... Um, you know, Jeff Hardy and some of the other people from my era that um, they would do like the craziest things on WrestleMania. And I'm sure that they, you know, everybody knows that you want to do whatever it takes to not only get on WrestleMania, but to try to have the best match of the entire show. And so, yeah, I don't think it was anything special about me putting my hair on the line. Would the other girls have done it? Mm, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Uh, but it just happened to be something that I wanted to be remembered for, and um, and it worked out for me. I mean, I had to be, you know, wrestling a 20 minutes in Square Garden, which is the world's most famous arena. I mean, it really, for me, it was totally worth it. Now, I recently saw an interview with you, which uh, was really great. You openly talked about your faith. Um, have you ever had the chance to talk with some of your other colleagues about their faith and the challenges that they possibly had in the wrestling business, you know, such as Ted DiBiase, uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, any of those people? Um, well, I, although I have talked to Ted and Shawn, not at length, like they weren't ever really friends of mine or people that I hung out with or anything, um, but I think that all Christians kind of face the same thing, whether they're in the entertainment industry or not. And it's just um, finding community, finding like-minded people that can offer you support when you're uh, struggling emotionally or physically or whatever type of things you're going through. Um, so, I mean, I guess people would say that there's more temptations in the entertainment industry as far as, um, like, pride and greed for the fact that it can kind of do something damaging to your insides when people worship you or, you know, constantly tell you, oh, you're so amazing, and, you know, you meet all these fans that are telling you how great you are, but inside you kind of feel like a phony or fake because you're like, well, I'm not that great. I'm just a normal person. And so it's just like this, like, part of you likes the attention and uh, can thrive on it, and then the other part is, like, just feels kind of bad, like you're, I don't know, like you're misleading people. Okay. Now, um, during your time in WWE, you were part of the group right to censor. And uh, this kind of goes back to the, the faith thing. Did you feel at that time in your uh, run in WWE that it was getting a little too risque or was this group something that was made uh, before you even thought about that? Um, so Ivory was in right to censor along with Stevie Richards and I think Val Venus and, you know, a few other people. Um, I was, I think like the blonde, uh, girl next door, Molly Holly, when Right to Censor was happening. 
But mm-hmm. then later, they tried to kind of recycle the idea, and even though I wasn't actually in right to censor, they gave me like a self-righteous prude gimmick, and I hated it. I cried every single day at work. Um, it was awful. I didn't even like being a heel, and then for them to have make me say awful things, yeah, it was actually terrible. I did not want to do it, and I'm not a self-righteous prude, and I don't care if Carrie Reynolds prances around in bikini, like, that does not offend me. Um, so, no, it, it was definitely the lowest point of my career, like, personally. All right. Yes. Now, uh, Molly, uh, we try to ask uh, you know, certain people this kind of uh, question uh, during the show, uh, and maybe you probably get asked this during every interview, but uh, do you see yourself returning to the world of wrestling in any capacity, whether it be a trainer at NXT or a network show, or maybe just even wrestling, strapping on the boots again, or, are you, or is that behind you and you're on to bigger and better things? Um, well, in wrestling, they typically say never say never, obviously, if they offered me a ton of money, I'd probably say, yeah, whatever you, whatever you need me to do. Um, you know, there's that temptation of like, are you paying $2 million a year? I'm like, yes, I will do whatever. But um, no, I honestly, I feel so satisfied in my career, you know, traveling the world, being a champion, being on video games, um, having an action figure, like all the things that, um, want to accomplish in wrestling, I accomplish them. So I don't have this like desire, like oh, if only I could do this one more thing. And oh, I think I would enjoy training uh, wrestlers. I don't really want to move. Like I love being around my family and my friends, and I really like my church. And so I feel so established and happy and just like my normal everyday life that I don't really see myself um, going to Florida to be like a trainer. Awesome. Now, you just brought up that you were uh, an action figure, you were on video games, lots of magazines, books. Is there one thing, uh, one Molly Holly collectible out there that you actually have yourself or that you really enjoyed seeing uh, put in production? Uh, definitely the action figure. I could not believe that they made an action figure of me. When they first told me that there was one, I as soon as I got home, I drove right to Toys R Us, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to see my action figure, like, in the store. And I don't know if they call that, like, marking out for yourself or whatever, but <laughs> I drove to the store, Toys R Us, and I run to the action figure section, and there were two boys, um, probably, like, nine years old, and they were looking at action figures, and they're like, oh, should we get Triple H? Should we get Undertaker, you know? So I'm behind them, and I say, oh, you should get the Molly Holly action figure. And they go, nah, she sucks. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> More for you, then. You got to get your own action Oh, right. <laughs> right. All right. Well, Molly, if you had the opportunity maybe to wrestle one last match, uh, is there anybody specifically you would, you would love to wrestle? Whether it be past or present or future, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's that one person you never had a chance to wrestle. I don't know. Just a question we like to ask. I think I'd like to wrestle Beth Phoenix. I, I was always a fan of her work, and um, I don't know if you knew the story about, I kind of, I don't know, I guess, I don't want to say I, she, her talent brought her into the spotlight, but um, I got to see her work her way up, and um, I just have always been really proud of her, and I'd say she's someone I probably would like to wrestle. That's a, that's amazing. Um, we We found out that there's lots of people that you 
you've inspired. And now with the WWE Network, uh, you'll be able to inspire even more people that you've never even met before or maybe that they weren't even born when you started wrestling. Um, are you enjoying the WWE Network? Do you get to watch it much? I do. I get so addicted to that uh, Total Divas show. I like. I'm not, I don't even like reality TV. It's like it's just totally not my thing. And I don't. I watch it on my phone with the WWE app. You know that it's like because I don't. Um, I'm not anyway. I guess the one thing that's just always fucking me in. But I know that they have lots of other great shows on there. And I have not yet watched any of my WCW stuff with Macho Man. Occasionally, someone will text me and they'll say, "Oh, I just watched you missile dropkick Kevin Nash on WCW or something," and <laughs> and I'll be like, "Oh, that's cool." But um, but yeah, I, that is one thing I would like to watch more is more WCW. But right now, I'm just totally hooked on the total divas. Well, Jonathan, maybe we could pitch a show to where you know past divas and future or current divas are together in one house, like almost like the Legends house, but we have like a Divas house, and uh, maybe we can get Molly on there one. Maybe we'll pitch the show with Molly involved. I don't know. It could be a good network idea. I'd watch it, that's for sure. (laughs) A lot of wrestlers, uh, past and present, have uh, made themselves very known on social media today. Uh, They have T-shirt stores or websites or anything like that. Do you have anything like that where fans can keep up with you these days? No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I mean, I I don't have a Twitter. I don't sell anything. I'm not promoting myself or anything. I mean, I do have, like, a booking coming up where people can meet me, and that's at the Boston Super Mega Fest Comic Con on November 21st and 22nd. So I'll be there. Uh, Time is going to be there, and Trish and Lita, and I have not seen Trish since I quit wrestling, and so it would be great to see her. Um, but yeah, like occasionally I'll do an autograph signing here or there. Like I said, November 21st is in Boston, but as far as like myself, I'm not really selling anything, and I'm not, I don't know, I just, I, I'm really pretty removed from the show business world. I live a pretty simple life these days. All right. Well, Molly, I always like to say we barely scratched the surface with you. We thank you so much for joining us today. I know the fans out there love to hear from you, and hopefully down the line we can catch up with you again and maybe ask you a few more questions on another wrestling podcast. So we'd love to have you back anytime. Thank you so much. You guys are great. Today's show is brought to you by... Wrestling fans, we have something just for you. Rassle Ruse Pro Wrestling themed underwear we here at another wrestling podcast we get all kinds of people talking to us about their products all the time but this is one of the products that we are standing by guys you can pick up undies boxers vintage wrestling t-shirts uh guys this isn't just for everyday use hey you even have halloween right around the corner and if you don't know what to wear pick up a pair of wrestle ruse and boom your costume is ready. But it's not just a Halloween costume. This is everyday life, guys. If you're a wrestling fan, how could you go to a wrestling show without your very own wrestling-themed underwear? You can get Ric Flair, the Macho Man, Shawn Michaels, a Ravishing Rick Root. The list goes on and on, guys. Head on over to WrestleRoos.com. Do them a favor. Tell them another wrestling podcast sent you. And hey, when it's time for new underwear you know where the wrestling fans are headed. And if you love another wrestling podcast, check out some of these other great shows. Main Event Marks, every Thursday at 9pm, hosted by Angry Cooter. Head on over to Facebook.com slash Main Event Marks. You can find them on Google Plus and YouTube. 
make sure you check them out every Thursday at 9 p.m. And if you're like us and you just can't get enough professional wrestling, join our friend Joe Cronin on YouTube as he reviews all different kinds of shows on a weekly basis. And that's YouTube.com slash Joe Cronin Show. And Jonathan, joining us next week, we have a very special guest, the former WWE superstar, WWE Hall of Famer, current TV sensation. Uh, who is it, Jonathan? Well, I'm just hoping you're all ready for a five-second pose. That's right, friends. We have none other than Adam Edge Copeland joining us on the show. This is a huge one. He's going to be talking to us about his recent appearance on the CW's The Flash, as well as a little bit about his uh, wrestling career, so you don't want to miss it. You know what? Every week we do this show free of charge to you, uh, the fans. And if you're wondering how to repay us, we have just one thing. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, be sure and rate us and give us a good review. Hey, and if you're looking for more information about AWP, then head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. We are all over social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Google+. Uh, it's, it's, it's endless, kids. Uh, if you're an AWP super fan, you can also show your support by going over to prowrestlingtees.com and buying one of our official AWP shirts. We couldn't do the show without you, so tune in next week for... <sighs> Another Wrestling Podcast. Another Wrestling Podcast.